Hey everyone, welcome to season two of the Life by Design Intentional Wellness Podcast with Tracy, Debbie, and Paula. Three friends who have a love for learning and an inquiring spirit for living a happy, healthy life. We are so glad you can join us as we discover together how to be our best physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Friends, we are on the journey with you. We are not doctors or experts in wellness. We are just collaborators partnering with you, our listeners, to live a healthy, happy life in this chaotic world. Life by Design Intentional Wellness is for information sharing only. Don't take it as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Make sure to work with your healthcare providers to determine the best way forward for your situation. This is the second part of the two-part podcast. So we are back on Life by Design Intentional Wellness, and we are talking about promoting happiness. So I wanted to follow on to our questions about how we could cultivate the same happiness in the United States. And Butner, he has been thinking about how we can apply our lessons in our own country, and he has some studies, and he's actually doing it in some communities, the Blue Zone Happiness Consensus Project. He teamed up with the University of Minnesota, the School of Public Health, and Root Benhoven of Erasmus University. Root Benhoven, who I hope I'm not butchering his name, is a Dutch <laughs> sociologist, and he is a pioneer on the scientific study of happiness. He is at the Erasmus University in Rotterdam in the Netherlands, and they've used a cross-section of sociologists, psychologists, and statistician, people who spent much of their career studying various facets of happiness to come to a consensus on which policies are the most likely to produce happiness. And how they kind of did this, their kind of methodology for doing this is they used the Delphi method. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but it was originally pioneered by the U.S. Department of Defense to forecast weaponry. But Delphi is the same technique also used by the NIH to decide how to allocate a research budget. And basically what they do is they ask an expert panel for best suggestions. They create a master list. They send that list back to the experts to be ranked for effectiveness and feasibility. Then they send those results back for debate. So they have time to debate. And then they re-rank the ideas a second time. So this particular committee that he's kind of set up came up with these ideas as ways to promote happiness. So number one would be promote volunteering and national service. And they Mm -hmm. said measure national well-being. You can't manage it if you don't Mm -hmm. can't measure it. And they said focus on the least happy, sometimes helping those with depression, anxiety, or, or more severe mental illness you know, helps to uplift the country. Combat discrimination, allow freedom to make life decisions, invest in education. And they had teach life skills in school because they said how we feel is just as important as how we do in life. You know, just those kinds of basic life skills that people maybe don't really think about, or maybe they don't have somebody in their family that talks to them about those kinds of things, doing finances, all of that kind of thing. Support families. And they said prioritize prevention in healthcare, because a lot of the countries that we talked about do that, preventative healthcare. And then they had provide free healthcare, which I'm kind of on the fence with that. Like I, I feel like it 
it sounds good in theory, but then when you have some sort of chronic health condition, some of these countries that have that socialized health care is very difficult to get the doctor and the time that you, you want. So I'm still on the fence. I don't think anyone's quite worked out that that part of it yet. But yeah, those were the things that this committee set up. And he's got some things in progress now, like there's a, communities in Minnesota and somewhere else that they're they're trying to implement some of these things. They have communities that are actually working on these things to see if it's promoting happiness. Because one of the places that he mentions in the book too is Boulder, Colorado. And it's known to be a very happy place. And one of the things that they're very strict on is there's not a lot of building and a lot of commercialization that they're letting in. Like they've kind of clamped down a little bit on that. People walk, they out everywhere. And, you know, so they want to keep that. So put a claim and that seems to help the community, you know, this mass building and, and chain food restaurants and all that stuff seems to be something that <laughs> is a deterrent. So our program, as we've said, is called Life by Design Intentional Wellness. So when we think about what we want to be intentional about, if we were to pick one of these areas, community, workplace, social network, home, finances, or your inner life, how would you design that for optimal happiness? What would you include? And I'm when I'm asking this question, you don't have to think about everything you would include. Just think about maybe one or two things that you would include from these particular areas to promote happiness. Now, are you talking about per, like happiness for ourselves, or are we still looking at the United States as a whole? Well, it could be for yourself, your inner life, yourself, or your community, or the workplace, or your social network. So it doesn't have to be for you personally, like what would promote things in the workplace or your community, or it could be for you personally, what you would do. I think for me, I would want to make a difference in the community because it's just so rewarding to help other people. And then, so I would work on community and personal well-being because I really personally believe that you have to take care of yourself in order for you to be productive and make a difference to others. So, you know, when like I meditate and I pray every day and like those are things that are important to me. So if I have that sort of lined up, then I'm in a much better place to help others. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Definitely taking care of yourself and making sure you're well. So then you can make an impact on others or the, the community, the country, whatever. The, anything that's bigger than you, you, you have to be yeah. well yourself to, to be able to give back. So I, yeah, that makes complete sense, Debbie. And that sounds just like you. (laughs) (laughs) And what's so funny is like, I didn't pick finances, but then finances would be on the back bench so that I could look at what can I do with my finances to help my community or to make a difference. Like I really love helping Special Olympics. Well, that's when I think that having 
sort of more of the finances would allow me to do that or but it's not my main priority you know Paula I think for me, like one of the things that you were talking about, things were a little bit different and simpler when we were younger. And mm-hmm. like, I, it, it does bother me that I'm not living close to my family, you know, and, and I, again, we all kind of moved in all different directions. You know, I actually was on that stayed in Virginia, but everybody kind of left and it makes it hard not to have that support. So having supportive family and building a community and a social network that's kind of that tight-knit support, I think would be some place that I would like to design for optimum happiness. I would like to be like more a member of the community, uh, you know, as far as, like I said, I volunteered at one thing that didn't quite pan out. I'd like to extend myself a little bit more to volunteer in places. You know, my family's not here, so I'd like to have a network of friends. Like I have good friends like you guys, but most of my friends are my very good friends are in other places. I don't have like really, you know, good, good, good friends here. I have some acquaintances, but not, you know, people I can count on yet because we just don't know each other, you know? So I think that's where I would like to kind of make a difference. Yeah. Well, I interpret that as Paula, you and I need to pay attention and schedule a road trip, but we do need a road trip. But yeah. I interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely need a road trip. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. For some reason, your question, uh, Tracy, is challenging me. I love this conversation around happiness. So, yeah. you know, because it, it's interesting. Like when you think about the topic happiness, it's like, oh, let's just joke around and I'll talk about, you know, all the wonderful things that are going on in our lives. But happiness is really so much deeper than that. And it really is, it, it could be internal, but happiness is really what we give to others mm-hmm. and how we impact others. And it doesn't have to be in this grand scheme, but I think it's not so much intrinsic as more extrinsic. I don't know. I'm have to, I'm talking out loud and so I'm not thinking it through, but I just feel like when like it it sort of goes back to that sense of purpose you know if you have purpose usually purpose is involves other people and that you know that brings on contentment or joy happiness whatever word you want to put in that that space so i i just feel like this has been such a deeper conversation about happiness than i think i have ever had so i love it so thank you for bringing like the science sort of to happiness no no worries like and again like I I don't think and especially you know when I was working that I even had the time to like think like think about like what makes you happy you just kind of are going like you're just doing you know but I I do I I think it is a mindset and I think that kind of contentment around things that you have is kind of a mindset but it's also like not being so self-centered, whatever that is, yes. like by having that purpose or like Paula, you were saying that extrinsic connection to other people or other things, or, you know, I, I think a big part of it is not being self-centered. Oh, yeah. And these, yeah, like how, how do I make myself happy? Like, that's not what it's about. I mean, you become happy by giving. In extending some other yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Exactly. Yes. And I think was shown today by these different countries and this different, the studies that they're doing is you can be nudged into that kind of life too. Like things, you can be set up in a circumstance that's helpful to you to be more of that person or do more of those things. I think that's really kind of what Butner said with his studies and everything. And, you know, when he was talking about the uh, blue zones of longevity that we were talking about earlier, he had this power of nine. So he kind of developed a power of nine for talking about happiness. And he came up with some of the things that he thought were good was love someone. He said that was very important. Have an inner circle engage, meaning engage with your community, engage with other people, learn likability. Like he said, people who are happier have this kind of natural likability. People tend to like them. Even if you're not that person that, you know, learn how to be kind of likable, move naturally. He goes, you know, that was one of the power nine that he had for longevity. Look forward. It means like don't dwell in the past, kind of look forward to things. Sleep in seven hours plus. <laughs> that was the name. Uh, shape your surroundings and pick kind of the right community. Like, you know, I think this goes back to your tribe and having people that kind of enjoy the things that you like to do and everything. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And some of the trivia, I'm going to just ask you guys a couple questions. He found out from the studies. Do you think married people are happier than single people? That's an interesting question because I, well, we've all been married for quite some time. So I feel like, yes, but I also know of single people that they're very happy. They look for their social network. So it's like, it's just about the people that you hang out with and that you share your time with. And we're just fortunate that it happens to be our husbands. I don't know if there's like a right or wrong answer to me. Like when you think about happiness, it's, it's so individualized. So I think people who are married, you know, because you have that connection could very well be very happy. But I think, you know, if you're not for whatever reason, right. You know, if you have your own social circle and you have people who are who are important to you, they are probably very happy too. So what did the research say? Well, I mean, yeah. research said that people tended to be happier if they were married as opposed to single. I, I think in general, that's the case. But, you know, I was single a long time before I got married. I didn't get married till I was 30, 35. So, and I was completely content to be single. I enjoyed doing right. it on my own and all, all that. And I imagine sometimes when you lose a spouse, you're single again, you know, and there may be that choice to marry or not marry, you know, I, I can see it both ways. Statistically, it says that people are who are married, people are happier. And then are people with kids happier than people without kids? What do you think that one? That's a tough one. Well, it's not really that tough because I know many, many people who do not have children and they're very happy. And so, and I know a, a couple that when they got married, their decision was we aren't, we do not want children. And they've been married forever 
and they're very happy. So I really think it's all dependent. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. And I'm sure that the research says something like it comes out on one or the other side, but I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't have children. I'm perfectly happy. Now, you know, did I miss out on something? Perhaps, but I have a lot of, you know, family members that are in my life that I get to experience mm-hmm. their growing up and be part of them. So I don't know if that's impacted my happiness. I like to say no. I don't know. Well, I, I think the reason there's, I mean, they did a lot of research and different questions, but the reason I kind of picked these particular questions and focus on like, like you, Paula, I don't have children. So I'm like, okay, am I, <laughs> and yeah. this attitude, you know, United States, am I, how do I rake or, you know, what is, right. <laughs> and I think it didn't matter what they came out with. If you had, they said statistically people who are single versus married, married seem to be happier, but if you had children or not had children, there was you know, it didn't, you know, it could make your life happier if you had children, but it wasn't like statistically significant. If you didn't have children, people were still happy as well. So or still on the, you know, high on the happiness scale. So there you go. Okay. Way to go, Tracy. Doesn't really matter, right? <laughs> doesn't really matter, right? <laughs> it's a good decision to have children or it's a good decision not to have children. You know? Can they, I love they that. ask about um, people who have dogs? Are they here? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I didn't pick out that, you know, versus cats. I have cats. So, yeah, so uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. With the dog. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I, I think it goes back, you know, what Butner's power of nine is to love somebody, you yeah. know, like some, someone or something outside of yourself. I, I can imagine like yeah. if you're not married and you're, you have children, like you love your children, you know, as long as you have that capacity, I think, to have relationships, whatever those relationships are, that would put you very high in the happiness scale. Absolutely. That makes sense to me. It does make sense to me because it's not necessarily whether you have, I and I do have two children and I just adore them, but it, I think, and so yes, that's a happiness factor, but really it's just what you do with your circumstance and how you find your happiness. Yeah. Yep. That's great, Debbie. Thank you. And <laughs> I just want to say I'm happy that you two are my friends. <laughs> oh, definitely. And I'm happy too. <laughs> well, thanks again for meeting with me. And I hope um, as we leave this episode today, we're just a little bit happier. So there you go. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for going along on the ride with us today as we pursue ways to intentionally live our best lives with purpose and meaning. We want to hear from you, our companions, on the journey of designing a life of intentional wellness. Visit our website at www.life-by-design-int.com and let us know what you think about the podcast. We invite you to share your story, suggest a topic for discussion, and rate this in previous podcast episodes. Share our podcast with your friends because our desire is to build a community dedicated to a life designed with meaning and value.